You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Hello, folks and friends and everybody out there. This is episode 53, which means we've been doing this for one year and one week. What do you think about that, Kristen Ray Harrington? Does that make this episode kind of episode one of season two, year well, two? seasons aren't often a year. It's usually like a, a block of whatever. In podcast world? Oh, I don't, actually, I don't know. <laughs> we get to make up our own rules. Yeah, it's... Season, episode one of year two, which is also season two. Which will also only be listed as episode 53. Yeah. And who do we have on this episode? We have our very good friend, <laughs> Wayne Bedecki. A new friend. He's a, a very good new friend, yeah. yes. But I I, ha- I mentioned this to him. Like, he was in our house maybe five seconds, and I knew that we'd be friends. And he smelled good. And he smelled good. Maybe that's why I had a good first impression. He was just... A, a joy. He just had this amazing presence and energy about him that I felt immediately and throughout the entire interview. So he's a slam dunk. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. I had met him two days earlier at uh, Musicians Hockey. I wonder is... who was the better hockey player oh. <laughs> given his junior A yeah, experience. Wayne played junior <laughs> hockey and I played until I was like, 10. You've played three times in the last 20 years. Yeah. So, no, but that's fun. That's cool. You guys get to meet for so a few So, we're pretty minutes. equal. Yeah, you're we're pretty at. balanced. Pretty yeah. balanced. I, w- I have to say, so Wayne's from Cape Breton. I was a little bit disappointed that he wasn't from Bedeck because with a last name like Bedecki, that just felt suitable. Oh, yeah. I never asked him what the lineage of his name is. I never, I never heard that other than with his family. Mm-hmm. You would be Michael. Invernessary, maybe. Well, my Ryan is Irish, and Harrington is what Dutch. Harrington is Scottish, oh, actually. Is but Hoogerwerf. Oh yeah, your other my mum's side, side is, yeah, yeah. is Dutch, obviously. Hoogerwerf. 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 Yes, and, I don't speak Dutch. And you but wear wooden shoes. Like I you do wear wooden shoes. Wooden. My grandmother had wooden shoes when I was a kid. I loved putting them on and clicking around the house in them. That's doesn't seem like it'd be good for your feet. Like, I have foot problems, and that's by wearing, like, whatever, $120 sneakers that are supposed to be comfortable. My feet are always, like, I have injuries. I have plantar fasciitis right now. My ankles are always sprained, toes hurt. I think you have something to learn from the Dutch, then. So maybe I need to try wooden shoes. I think wooden shoes are similar to Birkenstocks in that it takes a while to break them in, but once you get them, the wood <laughs> worn you down. Like 64 years. Well, they last for life. <laughs> I guess once you hit year 65, you're like, your feet are good. good. Yeah, it builds resilience, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, well, yeah. back to Wayne. Wayne doesn't wear wooden shoes. And he's not from Bedeck. But you will learn lots of things that Wayne is in this interview. And aside from being a great guy and a good hockey player, he's a great musician, a songwriter, and like Kristen said, just a really warm presence, a nice guy to be around. And 
Well, yeah, we had a great chat and uh, look forward to meeting meeting up with him again and other times. Yeah, maybe some uh, driveway scrimmage or some jam sessions. We'll find an excuse to get him back here. Definitely. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into it here. And thanks for tuning in, folks. Year two, episode one, or episode 53. She was so cool. She showed up in her motorcycle. He was just finishing building up uh, our woodshed, and she just rolls in, like, in her leather, and she was so hot and cool. So, you didn't, yeah. did, Do you think that about me when I pulled in the 07 Civic? <laughs> Looked pretty good. Well, Kristen said you smelled good That's there, right. so... You're still not giving away your secret scent, though. I never will. That's secret right. beard oil? Maybe I should, and you can make it the town hero's beard oil. We Our scent is, uh, what is it, whiskey and uh, pine, maybe? And <laughs> Real lumberjack, when we, when we announced that we were uh, going to be selling it, people like, if you got pulled over by the cop, I don't know why someone would think, it's like, if you got pulled over by the cops, would you smell like you were drinking whiskey? Like, I don't think it's that strong. So like, potent. Yeah. You had to do the breathalyzer test before you put it out. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it seeps, Did you have to list the alcohol seeps content? into your body and gets you, gets you drunk. No. A lot of candle scents have tobacco or whiskey ingredients. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any actual, like in our beer or oil, I don't think there'd be any booze. <laughs> like you couldn't. Uh, it's not like glycerine in the bathroom. Yeah. Melting down old records. I heard of uh, old, like... World War II veterans kind of who were really addicted to alcohol would melt down records and uh, drink. I don't know how it worked, but yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah, it's not 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 a good thing to be doing. Anyway, Wayne Bedecki, how you doing, buddy? You doing good, good, good. Thanks, good. Glad to We've be here. We've established you smell Glad great. To be here. Yeah, go. Wayne smells good and uh, He's a very good hockey player. Oh, yeah, yeah. You may know him as a musician, singer-songwriter with a new album out last October. Yeah, October 21st, uh, 2022, yeah. And I met yeah. you just, like, two nights ago. Two nights ago. Yeah, I was glad to see Play, you there. Playing I mean, hockey. I was coming out here to walk <laughs> in the dressing room and see you. I was like, oh, perfect. At least we'll get a little chat before, yeah, and, uh, before I come out. It's a lot of fun there. and uh, But we're not... Every time I had the puck and I was going up and I saw you, I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm Were you guys on opposite teams? Yeah. We were on opposite yeah. teams, okay. yeah. Are, and do the teams change every week? Uh, yeah. Just kind of so show time. up and it's just dark jerseys versus light yeah. jerseys. You guys could we conspire just, a right. secret play here today that you bust out yeah, next yeah. week. Yeah, we can't do it on the mic, though. We'll have to do yeah. it after when this is over. We don't yes. want to... We don't want to get busted for that. Like someone would be. I don't know. I, I don't know what he's talking about. I think he had two goals when I was out on the ice, and I was playing defense. So. <laughs> he told me he got a goal, but that he didn't want to take credit for That's the second goal. One of them was one was going in, and I kind of tipped it in anyway. So I, that's. A little cheap, but yeah. uh, it was humble of you to phrase it that way. Yeah. Yeah. On the score sheet, his name had the goal. Though. That's, that's, all that that's true. Nice. Yeah. And I had a plus, plus minus. Five. I think I was minus three. So, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> do you go for fun or exercise? Or, like, what's the draw? I go for fun. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, I actually I wasn't on the ice. Like, I think we started that back up 
maybe a year and a half or two years ago. And I was actually, I wasn't playing for like two or three years. Yeah. Because I was playing in a lot of leagues and I was just like, yeah, I just kind of over it and wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. And then I think it was Troy Arsenal. I saw his post about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, that would this be This is the league for me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's it. So then yeah, it got me back out and I've been going ever since. It's awesome. And be- before music, hockey was a, a serious thing for you though, right? You played, yeah, you played oh, yeah. junior. Yeah, everything, yeah. Junior My whole life, that's kind of like all childhood and yeah. all growing up yeah so it was main focus and it was like the biggest part of my life and dictated a lot of my moves even like mm. leaving cape breton i moved to halifax to play junior right so yeah. like that's what brought me up here and no way uh, yeah so it's, it, it was a very very big part of my life before music yeah, yeah. that was the be all end all growing up right so what did if, you oh go ahead Chris. i was just gonna ask what the parallels between sport and music might be yeah there's a lot like one that I notice like a lot the day of, and more so recently, especially since the album and the full band show. Like one big one is uh, like show day, like days of shows, yeah. like where my head goes and like that headspace, like of the preparation for the show, or even the week of is like I take a lot of like the way I would prepare for hockey games. Like if there's a game on say Friday night, so like your my Wednesday and Thursday, and then the day of the show just that headspace that you get into to get ready and get things prep, prepped is like very like, that's like a natural. Yeah. That, that makes like total sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is it, like are you being, visualizing? Like what kind of to- methods are you? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Visualization. Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of those. I think I probably play the show eight times in my head before yeah. the show happens, nice. you know, and, yeah. and it'd be the same in hockey. Like I definitely like definitely visualize. Yeah. But just like trying to even level yourself down, like with any of the anxieties or like, Yep. You know, like before the show jitters yeah. or anything like that is like, it's a very, very, very similar feeling of like even being in the dressing room before a hockey game to being in the green room. Like yeah. it's, a, it's a similar thing, you know? I also find just, uh, I didn't play that much hockey, but I played basketball and yeah. volleyball and just the, the work ethic really yeah. helps you as a musician yeah. just because if you want to get better at a sport, you really have to put in the time yeah. and energy and same thing for music if if you want to get noticed if you want people to discover who you are you can't just be sitting back and just hoping that the the right chances are going to fall upon you you gotta gotta take the initiative and just really work hard at it yeah oh absolutely yeah so i think that like that skate to bring hockey and music together because it's like the music industry industry skate with all the musicians yeah it's cool like i like it's really cool for me to kind of bring them both together yeah yeah, yeah there, we've talked about the parallels between sport and art yeah. often on the podcast because Mike and I both grew up as athletes, competitive yeah. athletes in different genres, but we've really learned, like you're describing the mindset being part of it, but things like teamwork and failure and yeah. getting back out there, even training, like the idea of the persistence of training is mm. often required to pursue the life that we all are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One of the cooler moments, like, one of the big jumps when I really like started and you know, like how I'm going to go back and I'm doing this music thing. Like, you know, I'm going to, is uh, one of my best buddies who I grew up playing with, uh, Logan Shaw. He played over 200 games in the NHL yeah. and he's, uh, he's from Glace Bay. I grew yeah. up with him and, uh, he's the captain of the Toronto Marlies now, actually the AHL team. Okay. He just played in the AHL all-star game and all that stuff. Nice. But, uh, so when he was in the NHL, he was in Anaheim and he's playing with the Ducks. And me and three of my buddies went down for 10 days and stayed at his condo. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. And, like, watched him play, like, in the NHL. And it was, like, the first time I watched him play. 
and I've played with him like all through and we were good buddies and we played midget together all that stuff and to watch him like living that life in the NHL and like actually doing that and like to see him as a kid like you know pond hockey road hockey everything and then just to watch him be able to like live in that life and we were like when I got home I was like I want to do that and that inspired and, you to pursue yeah, music in yeah like I was always playing way. and I was always fiddling but I would never played live or and then that was like definitely one thing when I came back from that trip that really like got the fire going. Yeah. What's your first experience with music? And what's that? And playing? Yeah. <laughs> like was he in junior high so, band kind of thing? No. Yeah. So I grew up like in my house, like in my family's house, there was a lot of music. Yeah. Growing up, uh, Tom O'Keefe, who would be, I call him an uncle, but I guess he'd be my father's cousin. You know, yeah. How that works in Cape Breton. Yeah. <laughs> they're, ever, they're all uncles. Yeah. But, uh, he owned, he had a recording studio back in the day and he would have been recording like Gordy, like long, long, like long ago before, you know, uh, and there's actually a wall that he has with everyone assigned like Gordy and Matt Minglewood and all these guys. Oh, yeah. So his house was always, there's always guitars going at family parties and stuff, which when I was really, really young, I didn't understand who it was, but it would have been like, you know, maybe the Gordy Sampson sitting there or. Whoever, they were players. They weren't just, you know, guys banging on guitars, making yeah. noise. Like, so as a kid, like, that's kind of where that all definitely began. And then his son, Chris O'Keefe, was the one who taught me guitar Yeah, when I was in junior high. And it was kind of one of those things he was like, he was, uh, do you remember Mr. Crow's Garden? Worthy Lies? Saw Worthy Lies would have been raining. I don't. Anyway, they were okay, but back in the day, they were. They are Glace Bayers? Glace Bayers. But yeah. their song was number one on the top nine at nine on whatever station. Okay, back yeah. when the radio Rick mattered. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, so he was in that, and then he started teaching me to play guitar. Nice. And then uh, he actually played played a lot of tracks on the album as well. So that's kind of where that like initial thing set in. But yeah. I was a, I was definitely more of a uh, I was like a bedroom player and writer. Yeah. You know, I was always just playing at home and little family gatherings or like my close buddies knew. But a lot of people didn't even know I played. And even when I was writing, like I was kind of writing a lot, just like not thinking anyone would ever hear it. Was songwriting the first attempt at writing, or were you also interested maybe in poetry or journaling or other things before no, that? No, it's definitely songwriting. Straight to the songs. Def- definitely songwriting, I think, yeah. yeah. Were you following? So I've read in some past research that there's kind of a formula to a song that makes, we'll call it a quote, good song. Like, were you really paying attention to structure? Can you send me that article? I'll send you the secret sauce. I might need that. But were you? Yeah. Like, I guess how how were you sitting down and sorting out? Was it just I'm going to put my thoughts on paper, or were you also at that time concerned with things like structure and a good chorus? No, I wasn't concerned with structure. I I was listening to a lot of music and playing a lot of like a lot of cover songs. Like, yeah, that's I just learned playing cover songs that I liked. So I think it just naturally, like, the s- flow of my songs comes from what the songs were that I was playing, I guess. Yeah, right? we're we're obviously a, a product of our influences. Yeah. And, and playing covers is really important, like, yeah, when you really first start, start, because yeah. you can't just create without hearing what yeah. the greats have made, and even songs that aren't great, there's things in that you can learn from. Yeah. And it's definitely the structure of a song. The more you listen to music and when you try to learn a song, you realize, okay, 
most people don't have a minute of jizz guitar before the lyrics start at the very intro of the song, you know? Yeah. Or just little things that you just kind of pick up on. And you might not even be aware that you're picking up on them yourself, just a subconscious thing. But, uh, and then once you start to write a song, you're like, okay, but if I listen to this song, mine is uh, whatever, it's too long at this point. And I find a lot of the... The earlier stuff I wrote, it was always way too long right. in parts. Yeah. Like the over time, I learned okay, I got to cut this out, get rid of that, and make it concise because people don't have to hear the same four bars of instrumental music before and after the vocals every time. You know, it's just it's just uh, uh, the songs that exist out there already that are recorded and had a producer and yeah. lots of lots of years of experience on they're a template for for musicians to yeah. to learn from and to have guidance from do you think it's important to know the rules before you can break them i don't think there's really any specific rules that you have to follow yeah there's just things that make more sense than others and every song's different too right yeah it depends where you want like how you want the song to live too right like yeah there was a lot of songs when I took it in the studio or to the like with the guys I was playing with the other musicians. It's like they can pretty quickly like agree that oh you should cut that and just come right back to this part here, or cut a part or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like trim the fat. So yeah, they would say. Yes. Where there's other songs on there, it's like well this is the middle of the album song. Like it can be five and a half minutes. It's not for the radio. It's not for. It's just that big long ballad song that can be. They can let that air out a little bit. So I think, and there's a when you look at a song like most people see the the formula, whatever verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, double chorus yeah. is like a typical one. But there's songs out there. Some of my favorite songs don't actually have a chorus, you know. And I've never written one without a chorus because I feel like that's crazy. But then I'm listening to. Uh, certain there's a neil young song powderfinger doesn't really have a chorus it's different words every time and i love that song Mm -hmm. it's more just a story sometimes it's about what the song creates in your imagination and sometimes it's about being catchy and if you want to be catchy likely gonna have a chorus yeah but Yeah, if you, you you can create a song that doesn't have a chorus and it'd be very impactful. It's funny. I, it's funny you say it should have a chorus. I, you know, do a lot of solo writing in my room. And I, I've lived with my brother for five years, and he should definitely have a couple co-write credits on my album, just yeah. because he would listen to the songs when I'm writing them, and and I'll sit there all day and go over and over and change and over and over and just play it until it, you know, and. uh so poor Brad, especially during COVID, he'd be downstairs on on meetings on Zoom, just listening to this. He said he was going to remember the juicy fruit commercial. Where the <laughs> yeah. guy comes in, he's like, "I'm going to juicy fruit your guitar one of these days." <laughs> but at the same time, like he'd always come in and just be like, "No, you could just do that," like because he heard it. Yeah. He's the only other person hearing it. Yeah. But his line would always. He'd always say, don't bore us, get to the chorus. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and he'd come up, he'd be like, don't bore us, man, get to the chorus. <laughs> that's all the people want to hear. It's like, true, so if you are going to catch you, that's what he always says. Yeah, and for, the, for the most part, the yeah, you, you want you want to get there pretty quick. And uh... It's a good discussion, though, I think especially for people that might just be starting out either writing songs or any kind of art. Like, there are 
technical rules that we can be made aware of. Like I can learn the perfect brushstroke, but does that necessarily make for a better painting? Not necessarily, but like I also sometimes question if not knowing the rules gives me more creative freedom because I don't really know that I'm doing it the right way or the wrong way. So for me, when you say like, don't know the rules is like, I personally like don't understand music like keys like all this stuff and like my guitar playing was like even when i went to jam with the band there's like i've you know they'd be like i'd try to chart the chords out for them and they'd be like that's wrong (laughs) you know and i i just always learned even when you get back to learning cover songs is like i would learn it my own way i I would never learn it as the song is like i would never hit like oh what note is that that he's hitting Mm-hmm. And I would learn it and then I'd just kind of have my own way with it, which is good and bad. And like, as much as I would have loved to learn it exactly, it just wasn't how I was doing it when it didn't matter. I was just in my room fiddling around. Like, it wasn't like I was trying to do the song any justice. I was just playing yeah. for my own entertainment. But and more of a habit thing now is like, I still do that. Where So I think it goes both ways with the rules. Is like one, it's like, I created my own style of playing by doing that which is fine but then there's times now where i kick myself to be like i wish i just learned then how i should have been learning yeah because i you know i get stuck and i'm like if i just would have learned back then i'd be able to get past this wall that i'm at or you know so it goes both ways i think the first thing that comes to mind when you say that though is that so many of us strive to find our authentic voice Mm. And you can't help but for that to be the case in the style that you're producing music. Yeah, happy accident. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I I feel like uh, it's different for every person, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same as some people learn math by someone sitting down and showing them things. Some people need blocks in front of them. I think every person... Like I, I never was taught any music. I don't right. understand any music theory, yeah. anything like that. But in my own way, I understand it, and I can put together a song with five different guitar parts <laughs> yeah. doing different thing that all interact in different ways. And I might not be able to explain that musically in a way that someone else can understand it. But when people hear it, it's ultimately going to have the same result as someone who went to school studied that and mm-hmm. could write it down and then conveyed in that way so I, I think and then I would like to if I if I could just snap my fingers and know music theory I would certainly just do sure. it but uh, I feel like at this point in my life and career it wouldn't necessarily help me any um, maybe whatever if I was going to play with someone else and I wrote wrote stuff down that they could just jump on on board a lot quicker but uh at the end of the day i feel like where i'm at it doesn't really matter and i learned my own way that helps me get by or allows me to get by we have a very very special sponsor of this episode that we both love dearly with all our hearts the rustic Rustic crust Crust pizza Pizza! yum 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 in upper tan talon nova scotia these folks started off in a food truck and they now have a fully functioning restaurant they've got a beer garden for the summertime they get rent out for private events they have everything there yeah i can honestly say it's my favorite pizza in the world like really 
10 out of 10. So delicious. It's my favorite spot to eat. And I play a lot of gigs there. They treat me like a god when I go there. They're so nice. It's hard to believe that a local pizza spot is such good supporters of the arts. They're also very supportive of community events. They have taken in a Ukrainian family. They're always giving to fundraising events. They're just amazing people across the board. And you have your art showcase there too. I've got art up there right now. And I have to say, I love their pizza as well. Well, of course, but their Caesar salad is exceptional. Next level. The pizza is wood-fired, which makes it absolutely delicious. And the tomatoes and flour are both from Italy. They've got an awesome collection of local craft beer and wine, so you're sure to have a great drink to pair with your pizza. All of our guests that come to stay with us, we bring them there for a meal. You can find this sweet little restaurant at 10 Sunnies Road in Upper Tan Talon. They're open Tuesday to Sunday year-round, and their website is therusticcrustpizzeria.com. Yeah, you should definitely check it out if you're in the area. You can go to the beer garden, you can go inside. It's a cool house converted into a restaurant. Great people doing great things that we truly are huge fans of, so check them out now. Rustic Crust! Rustic Crust! That brings me to a question, Wayne, I wanted to ask you. I noticed you've done a lot of collaborating and wanted to just talk to you about the importance of that or the impact it's had on your style development. Yeah, even uh, collaborating, like, as much as it had on my style, like, that kind of comes from more inspiration of, like, my musical tastes and stuff like that. But I find collaborating is, like, just inspires me to keep going more than anything. Like, it'll give me the creative kick that I need sometimes when I'm feeling like, why am I doing this? Or, you know, like... yeah is this really what I should be doing with my days? Like, yeah. you know, but whenever I hang out with somebody else, for instance, like something like this, yeah, this is something that can like kick the fire back on for me and be like, okay, like, and I find that's what I get as much as the music or whatever else comes from it is like amazing as well. I like rely on the collaborating more for just my inspiration to keep going and like to be like, okay, cool. Like he, he's in the same, he's doing the same thing as me or she's yes. doing the same thing as me. And it's like, there's, or they're willing to work with me, and that was cool. So it can start the fire back up if I'm if I'm feeling stuck and feeling like, you know, why am I trying to live this way? Yeah, <laughs> and way? I think knowing yeah. what inspires you is really important too. Yeah. And artists of every type need to be able to go towards their inspiration when they're in a period where they're not feeling like they're doing their best work or not feeling mm-hmm. like creating. And know, knowing what those events or moments or places or people or whatever it is may be can really just propel you forward yeah i can really relate to what you're describing as well even if it's like a collaboration is the ultimate example of that but even if i go to a gallery and see somebody else's artwork Mm. it helps me stay in that inspired flow yeah and and podcasting has really done that for us because we're constantly meeting new people who have, who right. have different approaches to that. Yeah. So you're kind of picking up on these little tips and tricks that work for others that like, yeah, I'm going to try that on, see what yeah. it does. So Yeah, for sure. Even just like being out and about around the city, like there's so many, like for me, other musicians that you can just bump into in the run yeah. of the day. And even just those little encounters, like just running into somebody can, you know, kind of put the kick back in your step to yeah to start taking on whatever it is that you're you're struggling with at the time, right? Have you experienced throughout your career a lot of the highs and lows? 
I don't know if we could call it a career yet. But. <laughs> We're calling it <laughs> well, a career. Yeah, it's a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a career. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, especially now, like not now, but over the last, like I've sunk into my, like my album and stuff. And, and that was a big part for like three years. We were just living, kind of creating that album because COVID happened too, right? In the middle of it. So it took a long, long time. And I'm sure you know, like what it's like to sit on songs and like, yeah. there's times like, I just want to be done with this thing. But it gave me a lot, and I sunk my teeth into it, and it gave me that for a long time. So this, even currently, like now, is like, this is the first time that I'm sitting with a finished project, and it's strange. I was never been there before, where it's like, okay, like, it's out. I put it out. I was like... Do you feel relieved? I, oh, yeah. I was like, I couldn't wait to get it out at the time. It was heavy, too, like, and it was personal, and, you know, there's it was a heavy album to do, Uh so I felt really good getting it out. But at the same time, I was just like, I even said to my producer, I was like, man, like when I get this out, no matter what it does, like we did it yeah. from the, to the end and like we saw it through and that's what mattered to me more than, you know, like I didn't take a shortcut. We didn't like yeah. force it out. We just, we did it until it was done and we put everything into it. And But yeah, like for instance, like this is the first time that I'm sitting on the other side of a project, like a big project like that. And it's like, Okay. Like, well, congratulations. That's oh, a huge you. achievement. Yeah. Thank you. Why do you describe it as heavy? Uh, there's a lot of things personally going on. I know, like before the podcast, we were talking a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, 2019 would have been February 5th, four years ago. Uh, I've been living clean and sober for four years. Like through some struggles with addiction. Congrats, and man. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, and through COVID. Through COVID, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had about a year and a little while clean before COVID happened thank like you know yeah thank god because I don't know you know it would have been a tough battle through all that with that but uh but yeah it was very shortly after I became like I got clean we went in and started tracking it was supposed to be a demo like one song and then uh it kind of kept going and it created a whole album because COVID happened we had some more time and uh yeah so it was a very uh it was good for me to have during all that. It really let me sink into it. And, and you start, you can discover a lot about yourself writing, mm. writing, not just writing songs, but putting everything into your, your production and how you want the project to be. So it was, uh, it really gave me something to kind of, kind of dig into it. And I'd learned a lot about myself and about yeah. my past and, you know, a lot of the struggles. So. Do you feel like when you made that decision to, to live, live cleanly, live sober, that, you started to see yourself in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like one of those things that like at the end of the day, if I know where I was and how I was living. If I didn't make that transition, I wouldn't be sitting here chatting with you about a full album. Yeah. Like there's no way. Because I had, I was doing a similar thing then. You know, I was playing and I was writing and there was four years of that while I was still trapped in the addiction of like, you know, it's just not, I can't get this on, it's off the ground because yeah. like, there's so many other things in the way, right? So, but once I found found recovery and all that, and it made that step, it was like, yeah, uh, it just opened up a whole new world. But I definitely like you. Definitely feel like there's a big weight that comes off, yeah. right? Because it's just a it's an exhausting battle when you're stuck in those those dark days of addiction. It's tiring, man. You yeah. can't no matter what you want to do, like you can't get out of your own way to do it. So. I always say, like, at the end of that, like, I wouldn't be sitting here with an album if, yeah. mm-hmm. if I didn't make that change. Did it feel like 
you had to do the album after that. Like yeah. you had to pour yourself into those songs and yeah. let those, because you go through something hard and sometimes, well, guys aren't the best at opening up and talking about things, yeah. you know, and it's just those feelings. And for me, like I've always found songs kind of as an escape yeah. to really just, and sometimes you're, it's very cryptic. People don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Oh, absolutely. But in that creation period where you, actually get to take your thoughts and your feelings and yeah. vent them onto a page. I feel like that's a way a lot of songwriters actually deal with things. Yeah. And, yeah it's a form of therapy, right? Yeah. For sure. Did you just decide one day that this was a change you wanted to make in your life? Uh, no. I mean, I think it's a long, if I did, like, I don't know if anybody could just decide that. Yeah. It's a long, it's a long road to get there. Right. Even like they say, it's like you don't get addicted in one day. Of so course. It takes, it's a long road to get to where you get, you know? Yeah. Even I always say, like, it was fun until it wasn't. And then you realize once you're past that line and you realize that it's not fun, it's like you're in there. And there's no, like, just stepping, there's no just stepping out of it, right? So it's, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to get to that point of being like, what do I do? But uh, it definitely didn't happen, like, and I'm like, I'm done. This is it. Like, it was a long road yeah. to that. And uh, there was somebody, actually, it was somebody who was pretty open online about it. Uh, Jay Andrews, if you know Sticks. He's up yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I knew him. He used to DJ back here. And, well, Shreem, I guess, too, he goes by. Anyway, he was, uh, he was very open online and on Instagram about his recovery. And I think at the time, he was about two years, two years sober. And I would see him posting that stuff all the time. And, so he was the first guy I reached out to. Yeah. And, you know, I I still say it now, too. It was like, I wasn't sober and clean or in my right mind when I reached out. You know, I was sitting somewhere I shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. And that's when I reached out to him. And and God love Jay. Every time, you know, he would tell me whatever. And he, he was so good. And I probably still have the messages and I'd like to look back on them. Yeah. Probably not read mine, but maybe read <laughs> things. That, maybe, yeah. I probably wouldn't read what I was saying to him, but maybe mm -hmm. read what he was saying back to me. And and then I would message him for a bit, but he'd always say a lot of things, you know, and then the one thing he said, like he was always trying to push me towards like a recovery group meeting or something like that. So, and uh, it's funny, you can't, like I always say, like you can't take a shortcut trying to get clean either. Like you're either doing it or you're not. There's yeah. no, there's no tricks. There's no, mm -hmm. you know, you got to go in. And so he would tell me a lot of things. And then at the end, he'd always say, just get to a meeting, man, whatever. And I would you know, take what I wanted, but I wouldn't take what I didn't want. And it just didn't work like that. And then, yeah. you know, more time would go by and I message him. And every time, like, God love him, he'd message me back. Like, you know, in a, in a thoughtful message back, not just, like, brushing off. And uh, so that was kind of the start of my road. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, like, even after that, it was still another, like, probably six to eight months before yeah. I really did something. But that planted the seed and he kind of guided me in. And then uh, my brother, like... I mentioned that to my brother because my brother knew that I was struggling a bit. And, uh, but anyway, like I said, it, it still from then got worse. And then you know, probably it was Christmas and my brother was home. And then after that, he kind of said like, look, man, like I know we talked about like, you know, you're trying to figure it out and stuff. He's like, clearly it's not happening. It's not working. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And that's when we kind of came up the plan. So I left Cape Breton and moved up, back up here with him. And, and that's when I started the first day went into a meeting and that was it. It was clean since. Wow. Yeah, it was, was amazing. Again, congrats, buddy. Thanks, That's buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
takes a lot of yeah. courage to do that. Appreciate and it. this this will help other people too. Like like Jay helped you. Yeah. You you saying this on the podcast right now, someone yeah. might be listening who needs to hear that and yeah. might reach out to you, you know, like Yeah. It's um it's it's amazing that you're you're willing to talk about that. Yeah, and and like I say, like that's one of the reasons why I'm so open with it. Like even I've done some other like uh, <clears throat> some docu series things, and and it was because like if Jay wasn't so open, I genuinely don't know where I'd be right yeah. now, right? So it's I kind of feel like responsible to to be open about it because of that. I want to say too, like, we just met today, like an hour ago. Yeah, but. I can genuinely, truly say that the moment you came to our house, you just have a really wonderful presence and energy about you. Like, and I smell. look forward yeah, to when we get to hang good. out again. Yeah, <laughs> and your smell, too. That helps. So it's like, I it's that. like the icing. But it, I, I imagine, like, you are your real, authentic self in this moment in your life. And just to say how yeah. already wonderful I think you are. <laughs> you. So. Yeah. You're in this, yeah. You're you're in your true essence now, yeah, having left that part of your life behind. Yeah, it's funny you said your true self because uh, <clears throat> I did a docu series and I got to bring Jay on, and they uh, they kind of videoed a Zoom chat we were having with a couple other people, and Jay got to be on. It was pretty special. And that was one thing that he said. It's like when you get sober, you start to think like, who am I really? Yeah. Now, without hiding behind. You know the mask of addiction or alcohol, yeah. and that was his thing. That you start to really get to know yourself, and know who you actually are, not that create character or whatever it is that you could create. Right? So. Did you write about any of this in your songs? Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whether it's hidden or not hidden. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. We can sing "Lay Down, Sally" if you need a coughing break. Oh, that's, that might be good. That's, that's our, our go that's to. Our go is to. it? Okay, yeah. yeah. Let's do that, and we'll come back to the. Yeah. Okay. Lay down, Sally. Rest me in your arms. I've been trying all night long just to talk to you. <laughs> there you go. So that, that works as just a little breather for our guests. I never guests. know what key you're going to come in at, so I'm just like, yeah, me give me two seconds. To... <laughs> just let me start things and you, you yeah, can be well, the guide, obviously. Do you want to try singing a harmony? Absolutely not. Yeah. We did a thing. It was called The Big Sing. I don't know if you've heard of The Big Sing. Oh, yeah, but yeah. They did a, a Town Hero song, which it was very special. And they had us broken up into three different levels of harmony. That's probably not the correct term, but I, <laughs> I'm i such a terrible I singer. <laughs> I was standing next to a friend of mine who is an excellent singer, and I kept getting distracted by the other like levels yeah, you... of, of harmony that she's like, I think I'm going to just go join this group <laughs> and walked away from me because I was throwing her off. So I'm well aware I'm not a great singer, but no, I'm willing to sound, do Lay Down Sally. sound fine. Yeah, sound thanks. great. How did you learn to sing? I didn't. Okay. Just <laughs> did it. No, yeah, right from the toes. Yeah. Well, no, if you need a lesson. Yeah, no. I do. No, actually, I, uh, I never really took until last year. I started doing some uh, coaching stuff with Jesse Brown. Oh, nice. And it was, yeah, it was very, very helpful. Yeah, I probably did a few months of it. Are you Definitely. doing like scales or what does a what does a music lesson look like or a singing lesson? Uh, actually, the funny part is it was all over Zoom, so she recorded them, so I can show you what they look like. <laughs> yeah, actually, I can send them along and show yeah. you. I'd love no, to. They were cool. They were funny. They, we were doing scales with a straw, okay. blowing bubbles, hmm. while and you like do the scale, humming, humming or yeah, yeah. some really cool. Does like, that strengthen your yeah, like the little resistance? Yeah, it's like lifting weights, you know. 
I think this would be a good place to start because it's less embarrassing like for someone like me who's timid about their voice. I find singing is obviously you have to train the muscles in your Mm -hmm. voice to be able to do it. But the biggest thing about singing is just having the confidence to actually do it. 100%. Because there's notes people can hit, but if you're a little timid and not willing to just open up, you'll never get there. Yeah. And that's why people can sing on their own, like, or in the shower, they're they're belting things out, but then around people, they're just too scared to actually Mm -hmm. open up. It's it's funny. Last night, uh, we had Tori Cameron singing on for the Newtown Heroes record in here. And there was a note she hit that was so loud, so high. Like she's just, she's an amazing singer, professional singer. I had this door shut a door outside shut and you were down in a bedroom and you said like the house was shaking it was actually an incredible moment i had goosebumps and i haven't told tori this but i'm going to tell her this story i was on a zoom call with a group of women we're doing the artist way right now Mm -hmm. have you ever heard of that program wayne it's like a 12 week um julia cameron wrote this book and you go through a 12 week program and there's different artistic prompts essentially every week and you write journal pages every morning and so i've done it myself before but i'm doing it now with a group of people so we meet every wednesday night and we were kind of like three quarters of the way through our call and one of the questions or prompts that came up was challenging ourselves like doing something that made us uncomfortable in the following week and we're going to talk about it next wednesday so Somebody said skydiving and like these really grand things. And I said, honestly, for me, it's singing. Like I'm such a shy singer. And it was within a matter of seconds that the house started shaking with Tori's (laughs) booming vocals. And I was like, that's what I want to feel. Like it was just amazing serendipitous timing. But yeah, it's got to feel good. But yeah, that that whole like Tori would never go for that voice if she didn't have or that note if she didn't have the confidence in her in her voice. Right. It's just it's scary like to to actually try that because it's it's almost like in treating it as a muscle, it's like going for an all-out sprint as fast as you can for whatever 400 meters or something so it's uh something you you do have to train and do the scales and all those things my my example of that is so i did a one-off musical a couple years oh yeah i think i saw a picture online yeah yeah, yeah. so it was a very one-off and it was i was kind of did it too like i was only I think I was only 30 days sober when I agreed to it. So yeah. I still go back thinking like, I was just feeling so good. I was like, and I was like, yeah, let's I do it. This. And then I was like, why did I agree to that? But I did Grease wow. at the Savoy Theater in Glace Bay. Nice. Were you John Travolta? I was. I played Danny Zuko. Never acted, never did anything. And it was a big production. And we ended up selling out five shows at the Savoy, 750 people a night. That's amazing. Wow. It was a lot of, like a lot of theater people, like most of people there, they were theater and, yeah. you know, a lot of them were in university studying musical theater and all this. And then I showed up and I'm like, all right, like, let's do this. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it's a whole, it was a, it was a Were thing. you afraid? Yeah. Yeah. It was different because the, it was the singing, right? Because I didn't have an instrument. It wasn't yeah. my own songs. Yes. For instance, okay, we talk about rules. I had to hit the notes. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. And it was my first time that like I was forced to sing that this way. 
Like it wasn't me singing my own songs or me taking a cover song. If I can't hit the note, you can get out of that. (laughs) This couldn't. What did you think about the theater experience or the acting part? It was incredible. Yeah. You do it again or maybe you have since. No, I haven't. No, it was a one, one time. So they were trying to find a Danny and they couldn't. So anyway, the whole way it happened was strange in its own, but I ended up being there. And Stephen Muse was the musical director. Okay. And the band was like, it was uh, Emily Dingwall and uh, Aaron Lewis was on the drums. And the band was just rocking. Because it really greased soundtrack because it was like a good old school rock and roll soundtrack. So it was such a fun show. But don't even I don't think I, I don't know what other musical I'd ever agree to. (laughs) But I was like, yeah, I'll play John Schultz. I'll play Danny Yeah, she's a good kind of badass character. Yeah, yeah. I was like, but the acting, I just kind of let it go. Like, it just kind of happened. The one thing I did do was that I was the first one in in rehearsals who knew all my lines. And I had the most, but it was because they were all actors and they all knew, you know, they didn't have to think about too much else. Where I was like, I got to learn everything. The only thing I could control was knowing the lines. If I can yeah. memorize the lines, it's like, that's one less thing. So I had that. So I like put time in. It was it was a big thing. It was a couple of months. Yeah. We were there every day. Like it was a lot of work. It's very Choreo- brave. A lot of dancing. Yeah. Which was fun. Yeah. Okay, we talk about sport and our dancing and the like all the songs. It was a big production, a lot of choreography. I was just, people are just like, how do you, do you remember the dance? It's like it's the same as like hockey practice or like practice. It's like it's just a drill. They show you it and you just do it over and over and over. And yeah. just you know, or like a play, like if you're running a power play, like there's plays that you do, you practice it and then you just, and so it did come through for sure. Like I remember thinking that directly. It's like, this is just like Connecting being in hockey practice. Sport, yeah. like, you just do it over and over until it's just like almost muscle memory. Right. Yeah. But the singing, and it was Steven Muse. who was just like, you know, unbelievable musical director and musician. And he's a beast. And uh, there was one note that haunted me for months. <laughs> and it's the last note in Summer Nights that John Travolta says, the summer I'm not even gonna, The big hot. And as soon as it came, I said to Steve, I was like, Steve, I, we got to like maneuver around this somehow. And he's like, no, no, you can do it. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. And like, it's a hard, like, and that note, like I lost sleep over this one, like seeing it. And then once you get in your head, this is the confidence thing, right? Yeah. But he said, I heard you sing it because I could hit it. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I heard you hit it. So like, you can't tell me that you can't, you did it. Like, I was like, I know I can't. And one of the hardest parts was, it was the first, if you think of the movie, Grease, they're, you know, the movie starts, they're talking about the summer. Boom, Summer Nights is the first song when they're explaining what happened, you know, the movie. So every night, it was the first scene. I walk out, say a couple things and summer night starts first song of the night yeah. and you know it's like playing a show yeah even a little like shaky off the top it takes you a couple yeah. like a song or two just to feel get settled in in the stage and you know yeah. most times so it was like i walk out i have two lines and boom summer night starts and that notes at the end the last <laughs> note that time <laughs> so but we talk about confidence but steve music he wouldn't change it for me what i was like man like we well, gotta do something and going in to the run of shows I was hitting it about 30% of the time, <laughs> like 25, like not a good number. Yeah. And everyone else, even like the other people there were just like, you know, even they started getting to the point of being like, oh. Crossing their fingers. And it's right at back. the start of the show. Uh, but then we do an open dress rehearsal. 
and you can invite your family and friends or whatever. So didn't hit it. And when you don't hit it, like you don't hit it because the girl <laughs> singing with you, the band's hit, like missed it. <laughs> Five shows the next day start. Somehow, I don't know what happened. I didn't miss it once during the run of nice. shows. And it's one of those, I think it's adrenaline. The, or the, that crowd congest- gives you that yeah. jolt of energy. And he didn't say it to me until the very, very end. Like, we did the five, like, the full week run of shows. And at the end, Steve Meek said, I told you we were going to hit it. I heard you hit it. And I, he, and, what a great story. But when, yeah. he, but when I was asking, I was like, Steve, like, you got it. And he was playing it down. Just, oh, oh, you're. But I realized after he, wa- he was making me do it, like, he did it as a growth. Like, he's yeah. like, no. But he was playing it off like it wasn't no big deal. Like, you'll get it. Yeah. But I realized when he came up to me afterwards, like I told you, I was, he was like, you were thinking about it. Like, I just thought you were playing it off like no big deal. He's a, a great coach, really. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, yeah. And ever since then, like, that helped my vocals. Like, even comp- like you talk about confidence. Like, yeah. I remember after that, going into back to the shows and playing, like, my own stuff. It was like, it changed my whole mentality of, yes. like, that. And yeah. definitely opened up my vocal range and all that stuff. I listened to a podcast this morning about confidence and it was talking about more or less what you're describing and the importance of practice. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of us imagine like there's confident people or not and that these people that we perceive as confident just kind of walk into a room no matter what the circumstances or who's there and Mm -hmm. they just own the place. But it's often about being really terrible at this thing the first time and just letting yourself keep doing it and then you feel confident like not hitting the note at the dress rehearsal i'm sure didn't Uh, impart all of these good feels but you mm -hmm. still showed up for opening night and then nailed it when it really mattered so i lost a lot of sleep over that one note (laughs) over a few months you know yeah were you doing any uh, vocal training during that or was just no just singing like yeah. a lot like yeah. and we were it was it was a physically demanding show too like yeah. it was, you were leaving there sweating every day a lot of yeah. dancing but i was singing like and the, and that's one thing that steven said he just like just sing man sing these songs sing them sing them over yeah. over over and that's what we did and like and at the same time like they didn't give me a choice so yeah. when i'm on my yeah. own doing creative and doing my solo stuff like I could not sing for a week and then maybe have a show and just show, yeah. like, whatever. Like, especially when it's just me and I'm not playing with the band. If I'm doing a solo show, mm-hmm. you, you can maneuver around anything that's coming. Like, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't hit that note, you can just do a quick little yeah. around it, you know? And yeah. it doesn't, because no one else is there with you. And I remember before the first show, Steven Muse again, he looked at me and he said, you nervous? And I was standing on the side of the stage and I said, honestly, No. Because I have never been this prepared for anything in my whole yeah. entire life. Because you made me come here every single day for <laughs> yeah. the last three months. And there's no like no other thing that I've knew like that is like besides back in the hockey days. But you yeah. know, and I was like, no, not really. Because like I've never been this prepared for a show in my whole life. Because like we were just there working him, and it shows a lot about practice and all that stuff, right? When Do I you- was uh, doing some research for this, I think I I think it was on your Facebook, and it was a picture from that show. And I think it was like after the show was over and you said something like the, the show was done. It was amazing. But now you're kind of in a little, I don't know if you said depression or funk that it was over. Like, yeah. cause you hit this high yeah. and then that's done. And you just, and I've experienced this a million times where you, yeah, you have an amazing, crazy night where mm-hmm. the crowd is singing along and 
this or you're on tour and everything's going yeah. great and then it just stops and then seems like you're still going but the world's standing still yeah. around you is that uh something how did you get over that yeah well i think that comes like not even just from that show even for me now like when we talk about like when i got clean and living yeah. in recovery now it i had to understand that in a whole different mentality because yeah. i think that's where a lot of it would come from too is like you hit that spot and what i used to do was stay there yeah yeah like i would fabricate it to just stay there days you yeah. know but i keep it i'm still feeling that because i i would fabricate it where now it's gone and it took me a while to figure out how to deal with shows after shows like post shows yeah. like i knew how to deal with it before i knew the preparation side. And that kind of was more natural, but it was the after, like you were talking about. Yeah. And one thing I, I try now is like, I try to remind myself going into the show and after the show too, is like, that was it. That was the, like, it's not supposed to be there now when it was over, when it's over. I mean, that's like natural. Like the high part of it. The you high mean? part and yes. that feeling, like the ecstasy feeling that you can get from being on stage yeah. that I'm sure yeah. you experience, like you, you can translate yourself there. Yeah. And I have to get good now just for my own like mental health side. And, you know, is that that's it. Like after the show, I need to bring myself down. Like I can't try to stay there anymore Yeah. because I was so used to just keeping that feeling where now it's like, I have to understand that moment that I am there. That's that moment. And that, that, that's it. Like afterwards and the next day, it's not that moment anymore. You can, so I have to learn how to yeah. appreciate that moment and not try to, but it, it, it can definitely just take you down, right? Like, you can be there, be, you can definitely get, like they say, the post-show blues, yeah. right? And it's definitely a thing. And yeah, I think part of it is, like, just trying to relive it when, mm. obviously, it's not the moment for that, like you're describing. Yeah. And obviously, if we could all feel that amazing feeling all the time, it's... We probably choose that. Trust me, I I try. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. sustainable. Didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and whatever your your base mark is, eventually would feel just monotonous. Like yeah. if you yeah. lived at a high all the time, that would eventually get kind of boring, yeah. and you just want to keep going higher. So hedonic adaptation. Talked about it with the episode with Jackson. Like, yeah, it's like when whatever you 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 want to get a yacht. Yeah. And then you finally get a yacht. Then after yeah. a bit of time on that yacht, you're happy. And then all of a sudden, like, I want a jet now. <laughs> the, the, the moment or the, the thing you get doesn't always yeah. give you joy. So it's just trying to be content in, yeah. in the moments that are just normal moments. But Wayne, you, like you've been able to, you you now recognize that in yourself. Like, I think that's yeah. the important part of just being aware yeah. that like, this was my... This was the high moment, yeah. the excitement, the adrenaline, and it's okay that we're going back to a different place now. Yeah. Yeah, especially like when you put the party partying down, it's like it's strange sometimes after a show when you're just home a half hour later watching Netflix. Yeah. yeah. When you're used to be at the after party going until the next morning, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's an adjustment to and I I still go like now I'm at a spot where like I can still go to the after party and hang as long as I can stay awake. Yes. <laughs> But just that feeling of like all of a sudden I'm just home sitting on the couch, yeah. just like relaxing substantially. So like I had to to learn how to adjust to that. And I'm sure uh, you can attest one way like that forced everybody was during COVID. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the, the time I felt that the most was I did one live stream during COVID, like, you know, pretty deep into it because I didn't have a good setup and I couldn't get it figured out. And then I did one and it was awesome. And it was the first thing I did in a while and it felt great. I played all the new songs that I had and all yeah. this. But it was the strangest when it was over and I hit stop and I closed my iPad and I was instantly just sitting in my living room by yeah. myself with silence. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, you don't did, even get to walk backstage. Yeah, and I got a taste of like the live performing yeah. feeling a little bit. Like I got there for the first time in a long time. And that I remember that feeling very distinctly. Yeah. Just turning it off and then I was just sitting home. It was so quiet. And I just yeah. went over to the fridge. I opened it up, put my leftovers in the microwave. <laughs> sat, I remember eating and just being like, "Oh, that's a this is a weird feeling." Yes, it's, it's also, also amazing too. Like, mm-hmm. it's amazing and scary. Like, because staring at a little screen can give us that joy and yeah. give us that ecstasy, and and then closing it with a simple motion can take it away. Yeah, like it's kind of crazy to think that. And that this day and age, like we're all on our our phones and computers yeah. and connected in that way and i went i went into uh Kristen's dad as a little camp in the woods and oh, yeah. i hiked in seven kilometers i had my phone with me just because i wanted to uh be able to call and say <laughs> i made it safe and sound <laughs> the bear didn't eat me yeah, yeah i am alive but uh i went in for two days and just kind of stepped away from technology mm-hmm. other than using a meditation app on the phone. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it feels like th- I think that's a necessary thing every once in a while for people to just step away. And I don't know if a lot of people are doing that, really. Like, I think a lot of people just are have that connection and don't really break it that often. Yeah. I think there's more discussion and resources available for mindfulness or just mental health support in general. Of course, we can always be doing better, but I think it's more of a open public conversation now. Like we're encouraged to take care of ourselves versus I would say our parents' generation were just very much caught in that capitalist, you go to work and grind yourself and that is celebrated. And now it's weird now too, even being in entrepreneurship, like I was in a nine to five type gig for a long time and- I'm still learning to allow myself to enjoy the things that I made this decision for in the first place. Right. So if I'm just like having a bit of free time, it's hard not to feel guilty about that, even though that was the whole point. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some unlearning to do, but I think we're yeah. getting better. Well, I think there's a side as an artist, too, is like when you're trying to have some downtime, if you open up something on social media and see other people doing things, you're like, oh, you get real guilty. Totally. You can get real guilty sometimes. Maybe I shouldn't be taking this downtime. Yeah. So it, I think like to physically remove yourself mm-hmm. is one way to like, it's so hard to sit in your own house where you always are. Yeah. And dis- and disconnect from it. Yeah. When yeah you're we still have the habits. It, of... When you're in that same habit. So like what yeah. you're saying is like go somewhere. And get dis- in the woods and let the, the coyotes <laughs> howl around yeah. you. Dad's yeah. camp. But, but I think business. that's like, that's definitely one like way to, yeah. to get by. Are there other parts of your life that bring you that kind of joy aside from being on stage and receiving that from the crowd? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think I find more joy, like, not on stage. Like, as much yeah. as I want to be comfortable playing those shows, is like, it's hard to, you know, you can get there. I, it's a different feeling, but 
I don't know. I think like a lot of it's so internal that being home, but like when I can be comfortable alone is like, that's where I find most, a lot more joy now. And it, it's that, ba- there's a balance there. Right. And I always say like, there's some necessary evils in the performance world where like, I think most of us are introverted, like in a lot of ways, but then at the same time, like I need people, I need to care what people think. Yeah. But then yes. at the same time, I was like, I don't want to have to care what you, what people think about my art, but I need you to because I need the support. Yeah. So there's this necessary balance there, right? But yeah, I I mean, I haven't been playing many shows as of late either. And uh, I think there's a balance to it of like, I need to be okay on my own and without. And I think COVID obviously like forced us all to feel like that is like, I need to be able to be okay away from the stage as well. And I can't rely on that to to bring me fulfillment Mm -hmm. but i love like i love sitting and writing by myself and i know like co-writing is like such a big thing and collaborating but like when i'm sitting home and if i'm writing a song that's like hitting and like just me and like i at that moment if it's a song that like i'm truly coming from somewhere like real is like and at that moment i don't care what it's going to sound like to fans or like we were talking about you know i find that how we present it it comes at a later stage but in those moments of first hit and like that side of it for me is like i feel more comfortable and more like grounded when i'm in that headspace and in that world i'm sure you would experience that yeah i'm just i find it really beautiful that when asking what brings you joy your response is just being with yourself like that is really incredible like i it actually makes me a little bit weepy because it's it's rare and it's something i think we could all aspire to like it being that simple um i've been thinking a lot about the idea of letting creativity come through me instead of trying to really think Mm -hmm. about it and so i'm always curious to hear from other artists if they have any types of practice before like if you know you're sitting down to write a song and for some people it's maybe doing a meditation or going for a walk in Mm -hmm. nature like these are some of the more common things but do you find that just the simplicity of being on your own brings that or do you have really targeted things you go to no i don't i mean sometimes i think i should treat it more as a job in a sense of like i know i have friends who who do and at the same time like at this point in my career like it's not essentially so i don't wake up me like okay i'm gonna do a songwriting thing today Mm -hmm. but it's like this like i'm always fiddling with my guitars and but mine comes definitely more naturally than sitting down to be like, I'm going to write something and do a big, like to get in that headspace. Yeah. And I think more for me, it's like, I'll sometimes I'll pick my guitar up and sometimes it'll be 30 seconds. I'll be like, Nope, not today. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just like playing a cover song or just singing, whatever. So I just kind of let it come yeah. when it wants to come. Do you work well. other, like I aside do, yeah, from music? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your other yeah. job? So here we go. We just talked about recovery. So I bartend. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I work at a restaurant. They serve as well. So I do two kind of part-time things. Yeah. Yeah. In Halifax. Yeah. 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 Is it? Do you find it challenging bartending? No, I don't. I think it's good in most sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, early on, I kind of took it head on, even just being with other musicians. It's like, I'm just going to have to be around it and get okay with it. Where it's, I wouldn't suggest 
taking it like that. But mm-hmm. I just knew like that I had to figure that out quick. It's probably a good reminder how stupid people can get uh, too. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah. Have, have you had to break up any big bar fights? Any big bar? No, but my one experience with a good bar fight that came in. Got a pool table. It was two guys. It was only about 6 p.m. There's no one really else in the place. And I looked at, and I heard some arguing, like whatever, they were playing pool. I looked down. And you know when you can hear punches? Like real punches, like when it's a fight. Like, you know, everyone knows what that real punch (laughs) sounds like. And I heard it, and I was like, oh. And I looked down, and one guy was on the ground. They were gone. And it was only me there. And I was like, Go at her. Go go to your tired fellas. I'm like, jump. Like, I, like whatever this is about. You do I you. I don't care. Like, so you guys can go until you're tired. It's up to you. So I kind of let them go because what am I like? Not my I'm problem. Like jumping in the, the middle yeah. of that. So I let them go and then kind of settled down. And I, you know, I walked over. But I didn't run over by any means. I slowly walked over. And mm-hmm. They were going, and then the guy got off the other guy, and I just looked at him. I was like, "You done?" And they're yeah. <laughs> And then the guy on the ground got up and walked out the door. And then the other guy came, the guy who was bounding him, he came, paid his bill at the bar with me. And he said, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I never saw these guys before. I never saw them. Again. I'll never forget. He said, nothing like a good father-son outing. And he paid his tab and walked out the door. And I was just like, Jeez. that was my only, my only like real bear fight that went on yeah and it was just me and then there was one other regular there too who saw it and we looked at each other like wow holy smoke i'm glad it I asked. probably wasn't the first time they yeah, did no, that yeah, they yeah, imagine yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 is halifax your forever home do you think i think it feels like it yeah yeah i think you so feel like you have a good community here. here yeah and i also have like i'm from glace bay and i have more friends in Halifax, from Glace Bay, who I grew up with, yeah. that are mm. in Glace Bay. I live with my brother, and my cousin lives down the road. You know, I have a lot of friends, a lot of friends from home here. Great. I will say that I've always lived with a Cape Bretner since I've been in Halifax. Yeah. So, yeah. That Keep them close. Yeah, yeah, that helps make you feel at home. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of Cape Bretners in our life, too, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're from there, but just they've stuck around yeah, the same way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we flock together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Wayne, this is awesome having you on. Yeah, thanks for great having me. Great stories, uh, great, great message too. Just what what you've experienced and mm-hmm. how you're open to talk about it. And congrats on the new album as well. Thanks, buddy. Where can Appreciate people find it. that? Anywhere you listen to your music, Spotify, MySpace, iTunes, MySpace, M I R C. Yeah. Think so. Chat rooms of There's so Merc. chat rooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been uh, it's been a blast, Wayne. I'm really yeah, glad we got to meet each other today. Yeah, yeah me as well. Yeah, it's been nice to be here. I appreciate it. Thanks for spending some time with us here. Yeah, and it's cool. You guys have a cozy place here, so Thank thanks, you. buddy. My and pleasure. Your website is just your name. Yeah, just WayneBedecki.com, and yeah, it's Facebook, Instagram, same thing. Just Wayne Bedecki. We'll put it in the the show notes there, yeah, and. Get the word out. But uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you at hockey on Monday. I just want to say congratulations on the anniversary of the show coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. That's thanks. a big deal as well, so congrats. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. been a good year for sure. Another one to come. Yeah, there you go. Sweet. There you have it, folks. That was the transition noise I might make now for the introduction. You want to do that every time? I probably won't remember, but today I'm glad I did. Can you do it one more time really loud? 
That's pretty good. Can you do it? That was like exact too. Yeah. Maybe this will be our song that we learn. Uh, it's not really a song or sound. We'll follow up with lyrics. I can try to harmonize that. Maybe Wayne would want to collaborate on this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's sounding really good so far. So far. This will be my first single I issue. Stay tuned, folks. How would you spell... Just wait. I'll put some thought into it so it's really good. Okay. Okay. What do you have coming up? What's on the go? I have a show this weekend in Bridgewater. Fun. On Friday, a spot called Firkenstein's, a little brewery down there. And uh, we've had lots of fun there. And we're hoping we get a bunch of people out and just have a clean, clear blast again. Those so sure folks know how to party, too. Yeah, good times down there. We've had some rockin' nights down in Bridgewater yeah. with the Town Heroes show. So, yeah, that'll be fun. And you just had... A virtual show that went really well. It was so much fun. I, uh, yeah, first time I've done this, so I wasn't sure how it would go, but everyone was really supportive and kind and showed up on a Sunday afternoon to hear me uh, present some artwork for an hour. And thank you for your help, by the way. Yes, yes, it was fun. Yeah, things went smooth, so life's good. Yeah, well, let's, uh, yeah, just we'll keep bringing in the guests. We're excited for everything ahead. We have lots of people lined up already, but some lots of cool people we're, we're working on getting and yeah you never know where this will go where are we i don't even know if we mentioned that we hit over ten thousand downloads we're that was a milestone we were we were trying for yeah we're well past that now it is it's uh it's gaining momentum and it's yeah. all because of you out there listening and subscribing rating reviewing all that stuff counts you're keeping us going so we appreciate you thank you friends thanks so much we'll be back uh a week from today, or if you're listening to it closer to the day's release, it'll be shorter. Or if you listen to it in a year in the future, this episode after would have already aired. Very informative. Right? Now, yes. ev- now everybody knows. Now everybody understands. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Do it one more time loud. <laughs> <laughs>